Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, a place for adolescent and family healing. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If your family is struggling and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their trained professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. We see politics as the change agent that we have to get the proper, and I'm not saying that's not important. We do need to vote our conscience and try to get leaders in there that can make great policies. That's not what I'm saying, but our final hope cannot be placed in politics. God's change agent for this world is his church. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Josh. I'm Jimmy, and uh, welcome to Paradox. This is Paradox. It is Paradox. And I thought I would start today by uh, sharing about uh, a couple of times that as a child, I had some poop that I needed to get out, but what happened scared it out of me. <laughs> um, one time, and again, I believe that everybody, all you dads out there that have sons, let's just say three years old and older, you should take them snipe hunting. Now, some of you just grinned or chuckled. Others of you have no idea what I'm talking about and believe that it could be maybe a sage grouse in the upper Midwest. But a snipe is a little furry animal and you herd them together. They run in big packs. And so you herd them together. And then you have one person holding a, a, a burlap sack and you herd them toward this person. It has to be done at night so the snipes can't see you. And then you herd all of them into the burlap sack and that's how you catch them. The most important thing to understand about snipes, however, is that they do not exist at all. They exist just to put a small child out in the middle of nowhere, holding a burlap sack, waiting for little furry animals to start running their direction, while the adult men who took them snipe hunting hide in the bushes making bear noises. You never took me snipe hunting. Well, I had friends in middle school take me, but I already knew the gig. Uh, and I also would never take you Skype hunting because that's on your computer. Did I say Skype? You said Skype. Snipe. Uh, but also, we could not Snipe hunt um, in downtown Austin, <laughs> where we live. Because they're, uh, they're not urban creatures. They're more nocturnal, rural animals. How, so that scared me. I remember to this day how scared I was. The second one was we were fishing. Both of these involved my father. Let me make that clear. Enough. And we were fishing on uh, Lake Buchanan. The weather got up, and there, you know, it's it's a big lake, and so there were these big waves. And I heard Dad and this guy who was with us say, "Uh oh, we better get to shore. These waves are getting big." And then in their back and forth, yeah, they could capsize us easily. Well, all a small child had to hear was, "I'm now dead. They're going to find my floating corpse in the water, and there's going to be a candlelight vigil." And so I am. Freaking my freak. And then my dad says, Jim, why don't you get under sort of this dashboard area? And as soon as he said that, I said, well, we're going down to die with the ship. And we're rising up on the waves and then pounding back down and up and pounding back down. And I am 
counting my last breaths until I hear my dad go, yeah, and he's laughing. And I look out from under the dashboard and he's up there and the water's just hitting him in the face and he is laughing so hard. And I went, oh, oh, I might be okay. I mean, maybe I'm not uh, at death's door. And the only thing that changed was what I as a child saw in this time of crisis on the face of my father. Yeah, you see this in really young kids, too. When my kids that are three and one fall down, they often look at us to make sure, yes. how do I read Am this I situation? Or not? Yeah, Y'all tell me. And if we're, you're good, you know, they get up and they keep walking. Um, but if they see it all concerned on our face, they take that emotion and they go, all right, so this is a situation where I need a freak. Exactly. Which brings us to today's topic. Because children can freak their freak uh -huh. over their parents' behavior, especially at a time like mm, the election. Dum, dum, dum. Election 2016. Well, first of all, before we get to anything, isn't this crazy? It's, it's, it defies explanation. <laughs> You have the two most repugnant human beings on the planet running for president. And, and if you're going to vote for Trump, it's like, well, I'd vote for Satan himself instead of Hillary. <laughs> and if you're voting for Hillary, you're saying, well, I'd vote for Satan himself, except Correct. it is Donald Trump. So I can't <laughs> vote for him. It's like if there was no Hillary, there's no way Trump could ever win unless Hillary was running against him. And there's no way she could Vice win unless versa. it was like, I don't know. Donald Trump or somebody. Yep. So, yes, it's just unbelievable. You kind of freaked your freak there. Uh, but you're an older child. <laughs> and so I have that ability. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about uh, parenting during this political season where it is easy to freak our freak. I don't know why we keep using that, but freak our freak. Um, and yet with our kids... Um, no matter the age, you know, even if they're 16 or 17, I, I have kids all the time that are that age that are in conversations with me that have political opinions. And I know they're only espousing whatever their parents have told them. Oh, yeah, <laughs> told absolutely. Them. So even, whatever the age, we have to uh, learn to. And what we're talking about today is um, learning to kind of control that. Because our kids are watching, our kids are looking at us and do... Um, and we, we say things just in, in hyperbole or whatever, um, uh, you know, well, if she gets elected, it's the end of America as we know it. If he gets elected, uh, we're moving to Saskatchewan. Well, our p children hear that and they have no history. They have no ability to detect maybe sarcasm and so all they know is, my Lord, we're going down. If, if, if this election goes one way, I may be moved away from my friends. Sure. So especially with younger kids around them, we've got to temper how we respond to politics. Because we, as was shown with my father, we set the emotional tone. We always do. And so they need to see in us during a time like this that things are calm and things are going to be okay. And why are things going to be okay? Because Jesus is on his throne, not because one party got elected. 
And it's almost like we are just undermining everything we take them to church for. If we just go crazy, it's like, well, I thought he was our solid rock that we stood on. I thought he was our mighty fortress. I, I thought we could trust. But the way we're acting, there's no fortress or mighty rock or there's nothing to trust. So first of all, we've got to keep in mind in all things, but especially now that this election is nigh, that we set the emotional tone. And I think that, you know, to your point, Jesus still being on his throne, I think that often, and I got to think that it's, you know, well-intended, but we often put too much hope in politics. We often try to put, um, we often, maybe without saying it, we see politics as the change agent that we have to get the proper and i'm not saying that's not important we do need to vote our conscience and try to get leaders in there that can make great policies that's not what i'm saying but our final hope cannot be placed in politics god's change agent for this world is his church uh, his Holy Spirit through the church. Um, so we can't expect and then be flabbergasted um, when politically something doesn't go our way or when the, the right laws aren't particularly because passed our, because politics isn't the change agent. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and Ronald Reagan. That's when hope died. Hope died when Ronald Reagan left office. Lord, we talked about this episode pre recording and he never mentioned that comment i bet he had it in his mind trying to work it in the entire back pocket reagan economics um but going back to the old hymnal our do how many times have our kids i don't know if our kids have sang that or not it depends on what kind of service they're going to but our hope is built on nothing less than jesus blood and righteousness and yet when they hear us talk we're refuting those lines yep uh, and Paul, unintentionally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're not even thinking that way. Paul said a couple of things. When he's talking about being content, when he says, I've learned to be content in Philippians, I've learned to be content in all things, uh, whether I'm well-fed or hungry or whether I got a lot of money or I don't, I have learned to be content. And that's the kind of emotional stability that we need to be telling our kids, because if we're praying that God's will be done, then we're going to say, okay, we're going to be okay no matter what. We're going to be okay if they round up all the Christians and kill us, because for us to live as Christ and to die is gain. We're going to be okay as long as Jesus is still on his throne. That's the kind of stability that our kids need to hear from us. Paul said another thing. And oh, hold on, on, oh, no. that, on that note, um, if you look throughout church history, Christianity, our faith actually thrives yes. during times of persecution. Yes. So when you see if, you know, theocracies that are established, that really just breeds apathy. You know, cr- Christianity, our faith, when our back's against the wall, is when we actually are able to 
fall on our knees and actually mean it when we pray for God's help and assistance, not please help me, but I already have a roof over my head and food on my table. You know, so when when our faith is against the wall, that's when it thrives the most. And so I'm I'm not advocating um, that we're hoping for our our country to go to hell in a handbasket. But if it does, there should be some level of excitement that, man, we might actually now start to mean what we've prayed and thought these years. Do you want to see a vibrant Holy Spirit just inundated church? powerful believers go to the Sudan. Yep. Go to parts of Asia. Um, you know, go to, uh, Pakistan, you know, where, where these people's faith is costing them the, their lives and the lives of their children. Um, I've said it before, but it just bears repeating the, the famous quote from the Christian in China. You know, you Christians in America are praying that we Christians in China will survive our persecution. We're praying that you Christians in America will survive your prosperity. Yep. Maybe the day has come for us to be able to survive some persecution so we can burn off the dross that's choking the church. So you're right. Even if it goes absolutely south, that's where Christ moves. Uh, it's in those darkest times that his light comes on. Paul also said that we're supposed to give thanks in all things, not thanks for all things, but in the midst of all things, we're supposed to give thanks. So I hope, this is what I really would hope all of us would do after the election, when everyone is just, I don't know, what's a phrase, freaking their freak, no matter what. (laughs) Because you will, you will have half of the population Uh freaking their freak and the other half being joyous Mm -hmm. or vice versa. Or vice versa. My fear is is our climate is such that, and I'm not necessarily um, advocating one figure over the other, but Trump supporters to this date has shown a propensity towards this. But my fear is, is that there will actually be violence in the streets. And that might be doom and gloom, but... Well, no, the Republican headquarters in North Carolina was firebombed last night no matter what happens on the 8th of November. So it's just, it's such a weird thing. But anyway, so yeah, on election day, we gather our kids together and we thank God for what happened in the election and and to thank him for what he's going to do through this election and let our kids know that Jesus is still on his throne. And these, whoever the presidential, they're pipsqueaks before almighty God. And for our kids to hear that in our voice. And to that end, on election night, um, First Timothy talks about actually praying for our governing mm-hmm. authorities. Uh, and that's a novel idea. Uh, if we, you... we, we want to pray for their imminent death. <laughs> we want to pray for offensive. a nuke to land on their head. <laughs> uh, so whoever, if you're specifically right, so if your candidate wins, you're obviously going to have an okay time praying for that person. But specifically if yeah. your candidate Does loses, not win. Yeah. then you gather your kids around that evening. Uh, well, it might be late into the night, but the next day and actually pray for the candidate. When, uh, I don't know how many times we go to church and we'll hear a preacher or a Sunday school teacher say, if Christ is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And especially if we've got some older kids, they've heard that phrase too. So we've got to say, no, 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 Jesus is Lord of this election. 
Jesus is still Lord, even though it went absolutely opposite. And we believe that a majority of Americans are mentally deficient because of the way they voted. Jesus is still Lord. And that's the message that our kids need to hear, no matter which way it goes. And that's why we say about moderate our political opinion around our kids. It doesn't mean we can't teach them our political values, um, you know, supply side economics, trickle down economics. Um, Fireside chats. (laughs) That's FDR. Come on. Do not teach them FDR. <laughs> you're, you know you're, what Ronald Reagan would think about you're that? You're showing your cards by all your comments, Do by not. the way. That would be like teaching Our them about Woodrow has Wilson. no clue who I'm voting for, but they totally know who you're voting for. Well, if you want to inherit the smallest amount of my debt your when I die. Your mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And then lastly, you know, again, I would just say <clears throat> Matthew 6.33 is such a handy little verse. <laughs> you know, I tell people if they're coming in for marriage therapy, this is our theme verse. Or if we're, we're starting, you know, some, uh, you know, working on depression or what, this is going to be our theme verse that we are to seek first the kingdom of God because it's the anti-anxiety verse of the Bible. You know, he's saying, you're worrying about what you're wearing. Look at the lilies of the field. You're worrying about, uh, you know, what you're going to eat. Look at the birds of the air. You know, you're worried about all these things, and then he just, Jesus lays this one down. You're worried about things like pagans worry about things. There's got to be a difference between us and non-believers. He said, that's what pagans worry about. You, you have the Lord God of the universe inside of you. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all this stuff you're worried about, let him handle it. It's not yours. Stay in your lane. That's not yours to handle. And so you, you just, instead of wallering in self-pity, and I said waller as opposed to wallow, because They're name a pig West in West Texas. Texas that wallowed, really. <laughs> they wallered. <laughs> and so we've, we've, we've got to let our children see that we trust Christ, that we're seeking first his kingdom, not this kingdom, that the Democrats or the Republicans can pull off. We're seeking his kingdom, and he's going to handle all the things that we're worried about. And last week, we actually talked about hope with Chad Veach. Um, We talked about how hope has to be placed in the person of Jesus, not on the result of whatever it is we're praying for. So if our hope is found in the result of this political election, we're going to drive ourselves crazy, and we're not going to be able to live under that verse um, of not being anxious. Uh, but so if our hope is in the person that is Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, no matter what happens, um, we, we can find security. And how about as parents setting the emotional tone, tone, we're to model for our kids, right? How about we model something that we care greatly about, um, that we care a lot about politics, because it costs us in taxes, it costs us in blah, 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 blah. Healthcare. Um, Yes. Therefore, we care a lot about it, and yet our kids need to see that we're seeking first God's kingdom and letting him handle the politics. And if we can show even something we care this passionately about, 
maybe then if they don't make the cheerleading squad in the seventh grade. It's not doom and gloom. Yeah, because they've seen us handle things that we care greatly about. And we said, no, baby, this is, you know, if if Jesus didn't, you know, he, I, I, Jesus doesn't want you cheerleading this year. That's why he had the judges bought off, because obviously you're the best looking and the most talented. Therefore, he's got something else, something else a lot better for you to do this year. But when they but if we try to tell them that after they saw us react so emotionally about, oh, we're all going to die then our words kind of lose their power because we've modeled for them that our emotions should be ripped apart by what's going on in the world. That's trickle-down emotional economics. hey yo, love you. T-shirt? No matter what happens on November 8th, it is incredibly important that you model steadfastness emotional steadfastness and faithfulness and faithfulness and peace and contentment pray All for the your fruits governing of the spirit yeah absolutely instead of grabbing a pitchfork and running out into the street like the purge <laughs> and we're moving to canada we're, we are going to model i don't the fruits of the spirit because best case scenario worst case scenario we have hope in the person of jesus christ in front of our kids we're going to moderate our political opinion and not freak our freak. And we're going to gather our kids together and we're going to say, you know what, guys? We are going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all this stuff that everybody else is is going crazy about. We let him handle it. Yeah. Because he's our Lord. That's what it means. Guys, if you want show notes, we'll have uh, links to everything that we talked about. You can find those at paradoxpodcast.com. You can find the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Docs Podcast. You can find me, Josh, at those three platforms. It's Doc Josh Myers. On Facebook, Dr. Jimmy Myers, and on Twitter and Instagram at J Myers Fam. God bless America. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. Special thanks to Life Austin Church in Austin, Texas, and our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr. To find out more about the Paradox and to sign up for email updates, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. Jesus is not a Democrat, certainly not a Republican, but not a Democrat either. Transcends both political parties Mm -hmm. and sure that when he returns, he will pass his word on both parties and say, Mm -hmm. you've failed me to some degree. So uh, how to bridge the gap? I don't know. I just try to be biblical.